It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? All right, welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am extremely yeah. excited about my next guest, the one and only Billy Burns. Uh, Billy Burns, he's dropped an album, so make sure you check it out. Legends Don't Burn, that's come out. That's his most recent project, so make sure you check it out. He's also the one and only, the the person who looks after the Certified Cash Corporation as well. So he is the, I believe you're the owner, the CEO, the, the, yeah, the guy that yeah, makes it happen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And one of the reasons I actually want to talk to you is you've got one of the most interesting stories and one of the most interesting journeys in hip-hop as well, in terms of what you've been through to where you are right now. But, man, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. What's the best What's the best way to address you? <laughs> you can just call me Aaron. That's, Aaron you can just okay. use my first okay. name. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for having me, you know. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely the um, CEO and owner, but... um. I wouldn't be where I'm at without my team, you know. So, you know, my yep, yeah. My journey has been wild. <laughs> yeah. When you look back on your journey, do you like? Is it difficult for you to think um, about all of it? Um, it's not like sometimes it's difficult. It's not difficult. It's more like wow, you know. It's more like wow. Like sometimes I gotta like you know, like stop and remind myself that, you know, like I'm doing way better than I used to do. You know what I mean? So it gets difficult, but it's, I remember that part. I remember that, you know, it could be worse, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Because when I look at you now, it feels as though there are two different versions of you. Yeah. There, there is, is the, <laughs> the, the, the settled, the confident, the person who knows where he's going on the journey now, whereas when I was looking at your past, it mm-hmm. felt like you were trying to find what was right for you, but you were ultimately lost. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got it. You know, you hit the hammer on the nail right there, man. I, I Not only was I lost, I was, um, I was stuck in between, like, you know, my past of, you know, going through some street stuff. Well, growing up in the streets, you know what I mean? Um, not saying I was raised in the streets per se, but I grew up in, you know, like certain type of neighborhoods. And I, I became, I would say, a statistic or a victim to certain lifestyles and all that. So, yeah, man, it's like when I look at my, even to be honest, when I look at myself even right now, I'm like, yeah, I'm a different person, you know? Like, I just got my pardon, so I even even feel more like a different person. So, to be honest, yeah, I feel like compared to 
back then to now, I'm a totally different person. Because back then, I was lost trying to figure out. You know, I want to get in. I want to get in the corporate space, but my past is still there. You know, I have a record, all types of things. And when I look at myself now, I'm like, I don't have a record anymore. I, you know, I haven't been in trouble for years, over a decade. You know, like my life is totally different. But you know, it's working, man. I would say like. I'm glad where I'm at now, you know. Is a when you say you got your do you mean you got your record expunged? Yeah, record expunged and pardoned. So literally like I have no record at not even my fingerprints are in the system anymore. So <laughs> Really? How did you yeah. manage that? Um, well you gotta stay out of trouble for like ten years and then you gotta apply and wait like another few years. To, to, you know, they could say no, they could say yes, but they base it on um, since your last arrest or since your your last conviction, what have you done since? What have you, you know? And to be honest, um, I did have a bad past, but I was never really a jailbird per se. Like, I didn't always, I wasn't in and out of jail. It was nothing like that. I just got caught up in a big situation and, that, you know, like, I learned from that one situation, literally, you know, so, yeah. Because something that I found very interesting that you said was you got caught up in the the trap. You were a victim of almost circumstance. Yep. Why do you say that? Because growing up as a, a young male in a society where they expect you to be a certain type of way. And then um, if you don't be that way and you truly say your own way, then you're still not really, you're looked at as like an outcast. You know what I mean? But if you follow the system, you follow a certain way, then you're kind of looked at as like, okay, you're doing good. But at the same time, to follow the system and do good, you got to have the right circumstances. You got to have, you know, you got to have equality and stuff like that. And then a lot of the ways I was raised and my ancestors and the people, like my family and stuff like that, we weren't raised with fairness and stuff like that compared to the society of everybody else that, you know what I mean? So it's, I feel like, yeah, you know, like we, you know, it was a little bit harder for me and how I was raised compared to other people, right? So. And because you, you grew up in Toronto, is that right? Yeah, I was born in Jamaica. And um, in 1997, I came to Toronto and I moved to Jane Street, which is Jane Street Chalk Farm, which is one of the most, like, um, I guess, violent areas in, in Canada. You know? So how was that, moving from Jamaica to, like, it? it I... I I think about what it would have been like to live in Jamaica mm-hmm. and then what it would be like to go to Canada. The climate is completely different. Everyone... <laughs> I hated the cold weather, man. I hated the cold weather. I still kind of know I'm not the biggest fan of the cold weather, but I can deal with it now. But when I first came here, I hated the cold weather. So, yeah, that was different for me. Yeah. I just I just can't imagine the difference. Yeah, of... and, and, and it's... Like Jamaica's a tropical island, it's great, but it's also even filled with the same type of stuff too, you know? Same type of crimes. I wasn't really raised in a criminal 
like um, shedding per se because my parents tried hard to keep me away from that type of stuff. But um, it was around us. It was, you know, like I grew up in um, in Jamaica. I grew up in Portmore, which is like same place Vibes Cartel is from. It's like very bad area, you know. So to get out of that and then come here, it was good. But then the weather now is like, oh, it's cold. But, you know, you, you know, I was, I was pretty young. I wasn't too young. I was a teenager, but, you know. Yeah. Especially, I always wonder how people decide where they're going to move. You know, now, if we were going to move, everyone would be like, Google the first thing, and yeah. you're like, all right, which is the best area to live in when I moved to Toronto? Versus mm-hmm. back then, I'm sure it, it wasn't as simple as that. It was like, pick up and go. Where can we go? Let's find a spot. Yeah, um, and it was, I think for us too, my mom, it was because that's where all our family was. There, Most of them were here. We had some in, in, in America. But most of them were in Canada, so I guess he felt like he should go to Canada, <laughs> you know? Do you ever feel like you should have stayed in Jamaica? Or do you feel like um, it was definitely the right move? No, I think she made the right move. Because if I had stayed in Jamaica, I don't think I would have had the opportunities that I have now. And I, I definitely would be, I feel like I'd still be doing something worthwhile and something positive or something, you know what I mean, that I feel like would be successful to me, but I don't think it would be the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting that this, the decisions your parents make really play mm-hmm. an enormous yep. part in your ultimate life, even just yep. where they choose to live. Like, it feels yep. insignificant in a way of like, okay, I could live in this area or I could live in that area. The price of the property is the same. But the simple choice of where they want to live ultimately shapes who your friends are, the people you grow up around, any potential mm-hmm. circumstances. Like it just sets this trajectory of your life for a period of time. Yep. And to be honest, it's funny you say that because even when we moved there and before I started getting in like big trouble, because I got in a little one with a little trouble and stuff. But before I started getting into big trouble, my mom she decided she was going to move to America. So we weren't even in Canada for too long. And now she's like, let's move to America. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. Like, and cause at that time now I'm a little grown up. I'm still young. I think I was like 16 or so. Yeah. I was like 16 years old, but I in Canada, you kind of can make certain decisions on your own at 16. So when my mom was moving to the States when I was like 16, almost 17, I decided to stay in Canada. So I ended up having to move out on my own, renting my own spot, all that from 16 years old because I didn't want to go to America because I felt like, okay, we moved to Canada to live here and now it's only been a few years and now you want to go to America? Like, nah. So I stayed here. But sometimes I even think of that maybe what would my life be if I had never, if I had went to America, then I definitely wouldn't have gotten in trouble here, but who knows if I would have had a, you know, like the company I have now, if I'd be doing music, you know, who knows. How was that, being living alone at 16? Um, It was pretty exciting in a sense, because you're like, yeah, now I could do what I want to do, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, responsibilities, I learned responsibilities fast, very fast, because even before, 
as a young, like being Jamaican, your parents always teach you stuff from your kids. So I knew how to cook, clean, all of that type of stuff from 10, 11, <laughs> you know? So I knew a lot of stuff. I had to grow, grow up fast from even when I was living with my mom. So when I moved out at 16 by myself and all that, it was kind of, you know, like exciting, but at the same time, I had to, you know, like get focused fast, you know, like, because yeah. there are people that I know that are in their 20s and they don't know how to do that shit by themselves. So to be 16 and to have to do that by yourself, I yeah, almost, it's, it's like, because you still are supposed to go to school, you're still supposed mm-hmm. to continue your education, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have to pay rent, you've got yeah. bills, you've yeah. got to cook, clean, go get shopping. You've got to navigate the everyday life of now I've got stuff to pay for as opposed to just hang out with my friends and also continue going to school. Like you can't afford not to make money. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and that's the, that right there is not an easy task. And I kind of was a little bit prepped for it too, because when I was around maybe 14 going on 15, I kind of started you know, because my mom, she was, my, my pop is still in Jamaica, you know, like, she is raising us by, like, by herself, me and my sister, and, you know, I started feeling like I was, you know, like a grown man and all that, so, you know, I remember one time I, I got rude with her, and she's like, oh, yeah, you're grown, you want to be rude, you think you're grown, okay, you got to start paying your, your own, you got to start um, buying your own bus tickets to go to school, you got you know, you got to start finding your way to school, washing your own clothes, you know what I mean, so, she definitely like I definitely was prepared for the the responsibility part, but it definitely still was a lot in a sense. But I was excited though. I can't lie, I was excited. And why did your mom move? Um, because my mom, she's very like um like she's like the like she is she likes Canada and she loves family. She's like me, we love family, but she and family was going through some stuff. And also she's the type where she likes to, she doesn't like the the cold weather really. And I guess she felt like America would have gave her, paid her more for her, for her skill. Cause she'd been going to school. She has her degrees and all that and um, doctorates and all that. So she felt like she wasn't getting enough money here. So she's like, you know what? I could get some better opportunities in the States. That's where I'm going to go. And did it ultimately work out? The way she yeah, it actually, yeah, actually, yeah. She 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 living in Florida now. When she has a big house in Florida, she she's good, man. She, she it works out exactly because that's the thing. One of my biggest motivators in life and in, inspirations in life is my mom, my grandma. Um, not for the women in my family, my aunties, because I've watched them. Even my pops too. Even some of my uncles. I've watched them all. Like as much as I never spend much time around my pops, but I still heard stories, watched certain things, and I've watched them all work hard for everything they have the legal way without, you know what I mean? Like going through certain ways to get it. So, you know, they always inspired me, my family. And when they look at you now, are they proud of what you've become? Yep, yep. It took time, though, because for a few years they're disappointed. They still love me, but they're disappointed because of the route I was taking. But for a few years, they watch me change my life. They see now what I'm doing. Yeah, they 
you know, they love me. They always love me, but I'm pretty sure they're more proud now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, I think it's, I, I've always thought about the journey to success mm-hmm. and it has to go through trial and tribulations and it has to go through those mistakes. It's weird. I was listening to a podcast the other day about, they were talking about mistakes and the language of mistake is negative, but in reality we should be looking at every mistake as learning. So you weren't necessarily, like it's a mistake because it went bad, but you learned a lesson. So then is it a mistake? Like you said, like would you have ended up here if it had not been for your time spent away? If it had not been for the time that you disappointed your family? If it had not been yep. for the time that you took to just go down the route that was not going to suit you the best. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I, I don't think I'd be at that point if it was a different route. So you're right. I don't. And and, and in a way, I, I kind of, that's how I look at my life now. I just look at it as a lesson where I can teach others now. You know, even my son, my son's about to be 18 and we don't have the greatest relationship now because of, you know, um, his mother, but, um, at the same time, I try to show him decisions you make now, they'll follow you for a long time. But at the same time, if you feel like you're making a decision, um, and it's right, it's ethical, it's moral, and you feel like you're doing it for the wrong re- I mean, the right reasons, then go for it. Just make sure, you know, you, you, you do your research and you go on the right path. So I can't lie. Like, I don't look at my past as a mistake anymore. I used to, but now I look at it as if I never went through that, because when I was sitting in jail facing 15 years, I'm like praying to God, like, yo, if you get me out of this trouble, I swear I'll never go, I'll never get in trouble again. I'll never do this again. I'll never, you know, and I think he heard me because I was serious, you know, because when I realized, oh, shit, I could have been getting more time, but at the same time, 15 years is still a lot of time. You know, so I'm like, yo, um, God, please, like, if I have to do, if I have to do the 15 years, I'll do it. But if there's a way I could get out of this, I pray, help me, because I don't want to, I don't want to be a criminal. I just kind of felt like I had to live a certain life to make ends meet and all that. And you know, trial time came, and I realized I was not getting 15 years. I was happy because I was like, yo, God answered my prayers, so I couldn't. I, I really had to. So stick to my word because I, I prayed in my cell at night. It's like, yo, get me out of this and I won't go back to that crime life. And I got out of it, so I didn't. Because <laughs> you were you were indicted for uh, federal organiz- firearm charges? Yes, yes. Federal um, federal organization. Um, uh, like, Well, criminal organization and... Um, federal firearms and stuff like that. Yeah, they, a lot of a, a lot of charges got dropped, obviously. But yeah, they they were trying to piece me as this kingpin guy because you know <laughs> here I am, this guy they never heard of, and because I never been on police radar, I never been that type of guy. I guess I've been kind of silent in the streets. And out of nowhere, they're like, "Oh, this we raid this guy, and he has a." grenade launch like who is this guy so they they started piecing certain things together and they're like oh is this guy like some kingpin or something so they try to really try to push certain charges on me conspiracy all types of thing and 
by the grace of God, it was never that. I was never anything like that. But because the life I was living and the people that I had surrounding me, it's like, you know, I just looked like the, yeah, this is what I am, you know? What's crazy is you had a grenade launcher. <laughs> like, when I read that detail, I was like, hold on a minute. It's one thing to have, you know, like a, a regular firearm, but a grenade launcher, I was like, how the fuck do you get something like that? And the funny thing is sometimes I think back at that too and I'm like, that, like, yeah, my life was really like a movie, but at one point, because you can legally, um, you know, like have your fire, I have my firearm license and all that, but a class three weapon is something totally different. Now. A grenade launcher yeah. is a class three weapon, so you can't buy and trade those just like that. But um, the type of lifestyle I was living at the time and the people I was around, yeah, they're like I had access to any and everything. That's when I started realizing that the world, the street life is bigger than even what I think it was at the time. So even in the time, as much as I had access to this, it was really, I felt like I was protecting myself because I was doing certain things in the hood, you know, selling my drugs, whatever, and I felt like people wanted to, do me something so i'm like yeah you're not gonna do me anything i'm the, the biggest the baddest because when you're living a certain lifestyle that's the the illusion you get you feel like you're the biggest the baddest no one could test you so when certain connects came and they're like oh look what we have i'm like oh i need that <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah <laughs> but it was so when i think back of it though i'm like the, the good thing about it is i'm like I thank God I never had any um I never had any projectiles or anything like that for the thing because not saying I would have used it, but I feel like misery loves company and the devil knows how to take idle hands and you know. And if you have access to do evil and harm and then the lifestyle living at the time and the people that were coming at me at the time, I could have really been terrible. You know what I mean? But I'm like, nah, it would have just it wouldn't have benefited me, wouldn't have benefited nobody. And, you know, it's just when you're living that street life, man, you just do a lot of stupid stuff that you feel like you have to, but sometimes, you know, you realize after the fact you don't have to. I wanted to ask you about faith because you've mentioned a couple of times that you thank God and you prayed and, and your prayer was answered. And I always yeah. find this really interesting that, even people who don't believe in God in a time of crisis will pray to God in a weird way. It gives them this hope, this holier being. Like I consider myself an atheist, but I definitely know that there would probably be times if I was pushed far enough that I would find myself in that position of like, why not? Like, let's yeah. give it a go. Like, and then me, all God, sudden, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, if you exist, now's the time in a weird way. And so I wonder, for you, have you, were you into faith prior as well? Yeah. And have you kept the faith going after? Um, To be honest, yeah. I actually, from day one, my mom will even tell you, my family will even tell you, Um, my family, we, we never were always a church-going people, but, my mom, at one point, we started going to church. But even before all that, we were always spiritual people. Like, in my house, I had, like, even now, I have, like, over 300 and something books, me, myself. But when I was a kid, 
I was surrounded by thousands of books and my mom, you know, like my dad, like that's what they are about. You know, as much as um, everything wasn't the greatest, books, knowledge, we always had. So to be honest, like, you know, I always like had a feeling that there's a higher power. I always knew that there's something higher than us. And I always knew, I believed that even if I never always believe, cause I'm like, I'm not religious, but I'm a, I, I believe in energy. I believe in spirit energy and all that. Right. So I would never call myself religion, religious because I feel like every religion is important. If you, if you understand what I'm saying? Every single religion is important. So important. So, um, yeah, I always believed in God, man. always. And I, even when I was living a certain crime life, anybody will tell you, I would call myself like I was the righteous gangster, you know, cause <laughs> there are certain crimes I'll never did. I never snatched the purse. I never raped. I never, you know what I mean? I never break and entered someone's house. I never stole a car. I never robbed, you know, they, they, they just certain codes and things that I have regardless even when I was living the lifestyle that I never did so I feel like that 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 was the fact because you know like yeah I believe in a most I believe in a higher power yeah I, it's yeah. it just in, intrigues me the the journey and the mindset that goes into that path because now that I hear you talk about it it's like you're accessing a different part of you mm-hmm. it's a part that's obviously locked away but it's like you look through the glass it's almost yep. in this like cage that you keep it in and you're like i can access the memories and i can access and i can view what i was like but even just looking at it is just so different to what i yep. see now yep i would say like a lot of people probably be surprised i say this but i would say um which i know now i was possessed like a lot of youths out here in the in in life, a lot of people are possessed by the wrong things or possessed by, you know, like evil intentions. You know, it's just a possession. That's what I call it. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because this is a link that's been given to hip hop through time, is that hip hop promotes that lifestyle, that hip hop is that sort of possession of seeing artists and rappers emulate drug dealers, talk about killing people, talk about doing the very crimes that people are going to prison for and dying over, but talking about it and making it seem cool and making and celebrating and having this image of, if you fuck with me, that will be the last person you ever fuck with. And I wonder, from your perspective, you, you talk about possession. I wonder what you think hip-hop, what role it actually plays in reality. Because yeah. there, there is a lot that is discussed about it from people who, not in it, who are not necessarily in the industry. But I wonder, because you are obviously and you've done that, yeah. what you think the music does and what yeah, role it evil. plays. It's not- yeah, it's definitely you're a hundred percent right. It's um the music now. Music is always gonna be music, but there is a energy right now going around in music and like I said, it's the death culture. It's you know, it's it's evil. And I think reason why it's like that is because 
the people or the powers to be because I don't believe there's one person or force that runs this world. I believe, you know, it's like there's higher forces than what we think. But I feel like, yeah, a lot of people right now, especially the young rappers, they're enough of them too. They don't even live the life because even me as a person that lived the life, I would never even want to talk about it a certain way. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even want to talk and say certain things. And these youths nowadays, they'll they'll actually tell you they're going to do something and go do it. You know what I mean? Or try to emulate what this person said or back and forth. So I feel right now, evil, the, well, the genre, because I can't say all music, the genre of rap, but we have to remember gangster rap, it, the, the new drill is what gangster rap used to be. And gangster rap was supposed to be, okay, this is a rap where we're speaking out out of violence. So we don't have to actually go do the violence. We can just put it on paper. We can put it on wax, rap about it, get all your ag- ag- aggression that way. Because a lot of Jay-Z, Nas, all these rappers from back in the day, they weren't out there killing anybody and doing any of these type of things. They, they, they weren't. They were talking about what they used to do, but now the rappers, they're trying to, it's like, it's almost like high school, you know, when in high school when people are trying to fight for, you know, like the cool kids, like, yo, I got to do this to be cool. That's what I feel um, like gangster rap or hip hop and rap has become now, you know? Yeah. And I think it's possessed. It, 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 it's demon possessed. And that's because the, the corporations that run this music or this genre or, or control this genre, the majority of the genre, that's what they want to hear. That's what they want to promote to the masses for some reason, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting because you're not the first person to tell me that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of those rappers where even if you listen to my music, even I have a song called Sin City and that's exactly what I'm talking about. I have a, a snippet from Alan Watts. When him, he's talking on the radio about music and how the music has changed and how even the hurt to the music, the type of the, the vibration that these beats give off. And, you know, it's so, it's, it's deep. Like, you know, when you guys get a chance, this is a sin city, but that, like, I've always talked about music and your words and using your words correctly and not glorifying the streets, even if you're from the streets. You don't want to glorify it. We all are trying to leave the streets. No one wants to live and be a street nigga. No one wants to be, you know, no one wants to be that. But some of these companies and these rappers make you feel like, yeah, going to jail, dying, having dead friends. You know what I mean? Dissing the dead. That That's where it's at. But that's just the death culture, man. Because I agree with you. I don't understand the mentality of looking back and trying to get back into the streets. When I look through the history of hip hop, it's to get out of it. It's the it's literally talking about I was born in the trap and I'm trying as hard as I can to get out of it through any means necessary. And it feels so weird when I hear artists talk about getting back in the trap and going back to the life that they wanted to leave in the first place because they are what they wanted to be. They wanted to be out of it. Mm-hmm. They see their mom struggling. You see your 
your ancestors, your grandma, all these people struggling and your neighbors struggling in the trap system, you get out of it and then you want to go back into it. But what I feel is it starts from the same whole thing because the whole street life, like, yo, I'm a gangster, I'm a street nigga, I'm a this. That's an illusion. That's a programming that's actually been like started by um I even think that came from um from what I remember reading, I swear that that type of stuff came from even like um Hitler and his people. You know what I mean? Like that whole programming of a society and the youth in a society to be emotionless. That's actually a thing. They they in in psychology they talk about this type of stuff where they would have an experiment and they'll put like a hundred kids, you know, like a hundred kids, boys and girls in a certain type of environment and literally see how these people react and see what they do and see what this experiment, what, you know what I mean? And then the same thing is what they leave as ghettos now. And everybody, we grew up in this project and this experiment thinking we are this. Not knowing you're not that at all. You're just in an experiment. But some people get stuck in that experiment. Then they bring it over into the real world now. Now you're in real world. You're traveling. You're, you know, you're, you're meeting people. You're, you're doing different things and you're still thinking, yo, I want to go impress somebody by shooting this person or I want to go impress somebody by talking about the dead. So it's just all a trap, man. All a trap and just possession. Yeah, I think street credibility is something I don't understand. I I didn't I obviously didn't live that life. And so when I look at it from the outside looking in and when I talk to people like the what I've heard in hip hop and what I hear in hip hop doesn't add up. And I think in a weird way the people who've been listening to hip hop for a long time are cannot almost they almost cannot express the difference in the music that they grew up listening to and the music that is out there right now but they know that it's different and that it doesn't feel the same like when i listen to 90s and i was born in 94 so it's not like i'm an old guy but like <laughs> when i started when i started listening i my first, the first album i listened to is get rich or die trying Okay, okay. And so, very good album. And, but when I think about the album title, he was saying, I have to get out of my current circumstances or I'm going to die trying. That is my goal. I am literally going to make it or I'm going to tr- die and look trying at, and look to get out. And he got shot at right around the same time. He almost died trying to make it. So, he, you know, that I... That's music, and I love music for that fact where you can use it to propel yourself out of a negative scenario. Because I feel that's what that was his enlightenment moment, where he realized, "Yo, I'm living this life. I got, sh- I'm getting shot. I could have died. It's either I'm gonna get rich or I'm gonna die. You know, it's one or the other. So when you have that mentality now, it can." It's a creative type of energy, so it can create good or it can create bad. And for the one thing I love about 50 is he never stayed in that mentality. The minute he came out of it, the minute 
Eminem signed him and he got out of that lifestyle, look at what he's doing now. The, the, the more someone could say is maybe he's making movies about the same crime that's perpetuating what he got away from. But at the same time, if you look deeper, he's trying to show you the reality. He's showing you what it can be if you take this life, what it's going to be if you take this life. So to be honest, music is good for that fact, but it's also bad when these guys start mixing, I guess, you know, like the dead and, you know, like they don't understand what they're doing. And just like the question you asked, what? There's no, okay, street credibility. You know what the funny thing about street credibility is? It doesn't exist. That's the funniest thing. How can free credibility exist unless you own the street and you're not the government? If they tell you you can't go to that street right now, you're banned. You cannot go there. So where do, where does free credibility come in? You go to the bank now. You tell them, "Hey, I have free credibility. They're not going to give you a loan." So <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> so and then we have these people fighting over this thing that's not really real it's just a made-up concept that's not real because real street credibility would be like okay i'm gonna clean up my street no drug dealers are going to be selling drugs by the school matter of fact we don't want to sell drugs so why do we want a society with drug induced people and drug sellers you know what i mean so where's the street credibility <laughs> look at the word street credibility none of these guys have street credibility at all because if you're really talking about street credibility that means you have to be credible for the street they're not credible because they're not doing anything to make the streets better and yeah you might go back to the hood and hand out one two turkeys but are you there every day getting the kids jobs are you there making sure if that lady over there has a problem with her son and her son's about to go the wrong route can you go talk to her son and be like listen man da 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 you know what i mean what what it, where where's the credibility <laughs> where so i i've been on this kind of journey too where i'm both to like even on my album i have a song called kill drill and it's literally like kill drill i want to kill drill music i don't like i want it i want to make it obsolete obsolete where yeah you could talk about speech you could talk about whatever but the minute you start making destructive music where you're, 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 you're saying, yo, I'm going to kill this person. You need to die. Fuck your dead people. Whatever. Yeah. Kill all that because what's, that's not music. <laughs> that ain't music. That's possession and some different type of craziness. <laughs> that's not music. You know, so I've been on my journey too. So it's funny how you said that about street credibility because I've been trying to find the best way to say it. But yeah, I think there's no such thing as street credibility, man. And that's coming from a person like me that been in the streets and done almost every little thing in the streets. <laughs> almost. <laughs> you know you're the first person to say that to me. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> yeah. And that thing you said about 50, he never went back. There's a yeah. part in his book, I listened to his audio book, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> such a great book because, in number one, he narrates it. And I always yep. get annoyed when it's when the author themselves doesn't narrate it because I'm like, I actually want to hear your fucking voice. That's mm-hmm. why I'm listening to this thing because the I want to hear you exactly. uh, 
there was because there was a Tyson Fury book I wanted to listen to, but it wasn't narrated by Tyson Fury. It was narrated by one of his friends, and I'm like, I know how you sound. I don't want to hear this other guy, and like I know they're close, but I still want to hear your voice. Um, but back to Fifty, he said that he bought Mike Tyson's house, that Whoa. he bought the the mansion, and what he did, he did he filled it with people. And he wanted the the vibe of the streets and the essence yep. of it. And he realized that that was a trap, mm-hmm. that what he was doing was not the right thing. And he and in the book he says he doesn't understand why a rapper becomes successful, then stays in the hood and just buys the best place in the hood. The whole point is to get out. And mm-hmm. so... If you're staying there, that is not the correct move. And so yep. when you when I look at 50 Cent, and I look at 50 Cent to me personally as someone who, as rightly said, he literally made his dreams happen and he's not letting his past define who he is, whether that be in the, the street life that he used to live or in business. He literally is continuing to reinvent who he is on a regular basis, whether it be from, you know, business owner to TV to movies to executive, he is literally making all those moves. So I think we need to pick and choose our um, our guiding lights carefully. Yeah, we need to know. To be honest, we need to know. Uh, like, I'm one of those people and I'm not, as much as I don't agree with everything Charleston White or certain of these new on. <laughs> YouTube activists are about. I'm, yo, I'm, I'm one of those people right now where, when I get to a certain level, I'm gonna like not buy back the neighborhood, but help regentrify it and remove the stupidness and the crack and the drugs and no, no sell drugs over here. There's no crime in this community. <laughs> like that's the type of level I'm trying to get to. I feel ghettos, hoods, projects, this whole idea of the streets, the trenches. That shit needs to get cut out, <laughs> you know, cut out completely. Like everybody needs to just start at a certain equal level. And then if you have the certain moms or the dads or the grandmas that still want to be in this destructive lifestyle, then yeah, move them into a place by themselves like District 13, you know, or, you know, but I feel like society right now, that's why. Even my company, Certified Cash Corporation, um, over the last few years, I, I added a moniker to it, which is Certicity because it's Certified Society. And I always feel like society needs to just be clean again, man. Meaning from the thoughts you think to the food you eat, you know what I mean? To the things you watch, the things you say, because this whole street life or this whole trap life it's even like trickling over into the real world where it's interrupting people's real life so you know i don't i don't I don't think it needs to be there at all so people like 50 and myself and certain other people we're the people that know what it's like we've been there done that i never got shot but i've been in situations where i've seen people get shot out seen my close friends die you know what i mean so I know what it's like, you know what I mean? So to be out of that and then still trying to promote 
that's a, a generation. Yeah, I can't do that. You know, so I really thirsty for that for sure. Well, I've wondered this as well is, and I've been thinking about this because I see a lot on social media and I see it a lot out there is it feels like what we see and what is promoted is conflict. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously a variation of conflict, but I see a lot of, no, I have it worse, you're oppressing me. No, I have it worse, you're oppressing me. No, you're the dickhead, you're the asshole. No, I'm the victim. No, I hate you. If only I had this and if you had less. And it feels to me that that whole narrative, regardless of whoever you are, is only damaging everyone. And it feels to me as though that is simply a distraction to control you. And this has been used through history is (laughs) create division through the masses. Yep while you push whatever you're going to push because they will never be able to unify and unite under a common cause. And I think we see that so much right now. That's literally all the media is. All I see is conflict. I don't see any show with no conflict. There is no thing out there unless it's private media and privately funded Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is positive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I find that really interesting. Yep, it, it's because um, it's funny because a lot of people don't understand. It's funny you say that, and I agree with you 100% because it's funny, like, people don't understand that media, right? Media is supposed to be, like, a form of, like, the gospel, like, commun- a way to communicate to the people or, you know? And... Just like you say, media right now, it's not only about conflict, but it's about anything destructive, death, anything, even the woman. You know, it's, it's about, you know, you see women now getting in shootouts, dying, rapper woman dying. Because, because I hear the girl that, um, that girl, that lotto girl, she was in, she was involved in the young doll student or something like that. She ended up getting shot. So, why, why I'm saying that is because media is supposed to be like a newspaper. You know, like a newspaper is it tells you what's going on, current events, you know. Mm. You know what's going on in the world around you yeah. so you can keep up to date. Now media now has become this, no, we're not going to tell you what's going on in the world. We're going to tell you what we want you to think is going on in the world. <laughs> so I think that with that, with that being the, the like goal of these big companies now, all these artists that are signed to these same companies, like you say, seeing minus the private ones and the little people that are trying to make a little difference, but majority of them, it's about if you're not putting this, pushing this narrative, you're not talking about this, just like with the Kanye stuff. If you know, everybody's canceling him, but ain't nothing he said wrong. He might the delivery. How we delivered it might be, you know what I mean, a little bit, you know, weird, but everything he said was the truth. These people are, there's people, there's a group of people controlling not only media, but the narrative of what the media puts 
of what the world is, but that's not how the real world is. So, you know. I will say that the thing that I disagree with Kanye on yes. is the very thing that people have been suffering through all time, and that is through labeling of a group of people saying that they have power. And to be fair, the same exact reasoning was used in, and you brought up Nazi Germany, but the same narrative was used there. I have a no, real you're problem right. you're with. Right. You're right. You're right. I have a real problem with using language that demonizes a group of people. And so I have yeah, no problem with calling out delivery. a behavior. Yeah, well, I, I think I think his problem is not only his delivery, his staunch inability to recognize the way he delivered it was not correct. And true. I have no true. problem with true. him. True. And I have no problem with him pointing out the people that have been fucking him over. I have a huge problem mm-hmm. with him saying it's a group in the same way that if someone else was to call out, for example, just a random group of people, let's say Asian people. If you made a huge generalization, these are the things that don't create positivity. And so he may be coming from a good place, but in a way it feels naive that the way he did it was in fact representative of what Jewish people have been going through for a long time, which is labeling in the exact same way, and it's been used in the past. Literally, it was less than 100 years ago that that same logic was used to try exterminate them all. So I have real problems with the way he spoke about it. I don't disagree that there are people who control media. We need to know who they are, not yeah. to say this group of people it's is a group, bad. Yeah, not to say everybody in that group is yeah, yeah because African-Americans have been going through that through history of it's time. And when you see that repurposed in a different way, it's not the right way. You just push the hate to somewhere else. And and the funny thing is, and, and as you're saying that, I'm realizing too that, yeah, not only was he wrong of the, the delivery of how he said it, but I think Connie also... He's not all there anymore because, you know, like, you know, he lost his mom, the type of stuff he's going through and who knows what else he's going through behind the scenes that we, we can't see. And I think he is just like Trump. They're the same type of sign. He's very impulsive. <laughs> so he'll feel a certain way. And before even thinking and, and, you know, gathering his thoughts together, he's just going to go off. And yeah, I, I agree with you. He is delivery categorizing a whole group of people because of a small part of that or whatever the case is. Yeah, that's not that's not right. And it's through personal experience and it's through what he's seen. And, hey, at the end of the day, just because somebody fucks you over doesn't mean all people are like that. Uh, uh, there are exactly. always going to be people who good, bad, ugly in every group of people. That's what makes humans interesting. It's the broken and, heart effect. I think he's broken hearted. It's the broken heart effect. It's like when you get, when you break up with a girl or a girl breaks up with a man, right? She she starts thinking or he starts thinking, you know, everybody's going to be the same. All girls are the same. All boys are the same when no, they're not. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, it's true. And, you know, I, I look at this in relationships as well as like, you also chose to get into bed in those relationships. So there is, there needs to be some sort of self accountability of like, okay, fine. I got screwed over dating this person, 
but I also chose to date that person. Uh So there is a choice. It wasn't forced upon anyone. So I think, yeah, I just think it's another example. And I think this is part of the reason why the media coverage on it is enormous Uh is because, again, it's creating divisiveness. Again, it's going, let's create this me versus you. And to be fair... Jewish people have been persecuted for the history of time, mm-hmm. and so and African Americans and and black Every, people have been persecuted be honest, as all well. All races have been persecuted in their own way, not only by other races but even by their own. You know what I mean? As much as um, black people went through slavery, we had black people that were slaving black people as well. As much as um, the different um, cultures went through what they went through, they had people in that same culture doing bad as well so like you're saying i think it's all about equality man we need that we need like um the the the, the narrative of like you're saying i'm better than you you're better you know you're not better than me that person's better and this whole looks and beauty and what's like this whole um this whole different separatism type of mentality i feel like that's what needs to go you know that feeling like oh because i'm this color I, I have it worse than you or better than you or because I'm that color, it means I'm going to do this to you worse than that person might do it to you. You know what I mean? Because human beings, whether no matter your color, we're all, the biggest thing is, I think people forget that the word human, we're all human. <laughs> we're all the same. We're all come from the same light source. Yeah, we might, you might have got a different shade. I might look a different way and a different in this way. She might have a different way she walks or thinks, but we're all human. The only time we're different is when we become anti-human. You know what I mean? We start to try to harm humans or, like you're saying, label people wrong because violence comes in many shapes. That's because someone's not punching you in the face. If they're saying certain things and pushing a certain narrative, that's kind of violent too because you might have some people now they want to do you something because of what this person said. So, you know, I mean, the delivery is always important. How you say things and, you know, and how you, even how you perceive things, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, this is why I love doing this show is because mm-hmm. every day I talk to people who are not like me. That's the yep. whole point. Is that ultimately I couldn't care less of about what you identify as, what your heritage as. I want to talk to you as a person and understand you, rightly or wrongly. And we're all going to have opinions that we disagree with. And I've spoken to lots of people I disagree with. And sometimes afterwards, does it upset me? Yeah. But also recognizing that just because I disagree or just because I felt a certain way doesn't mean that it was bad. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately the purpose of what we should be doing is more of this of just like I respect you as an individual enough to talk to you and listen to you yeah, and not Compromise. to be like, hey, fuck Billy because he disagrees with me. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, he disagrees with me. That's interesting. I wonder yeah, why that let's is. Why exactly? Why let's 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 see why he disagrees. Let 
You know, maybe I might learn why he disagrees. And then me, you, you asking a question or even diving deep into the conversation and say, yo, Billy, where did it? It might make me now say, oh, and learn something new from you now. You know what I mean? But like you say, people, I, I don't think people are really, and it's not people. I don't want to say all people, but I'm saying majority of what is pushed. And that's why I don't, it, it, it's funny. Um, like, I don't want to say all media because like you were saying, there's private company. There's even people that work for big media that's trying to push, you know, like the right thing out there. Like remember a couple of years ago, they used to promote, like say, you see a lot of beer commercials or a lot of cigarette commercials. Then two years after you have some people within the same media that say, no, we can't promote cigarettes and all that. We got to put a label and say to people that, da, 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 da. And some people be like, oh, yeah, they could have did that when they started. But obviously, whoever started it had a different, you know, well, they wanted to make agenda. money. They <laughs> exactly. wanted to make money. And now you have a person that's like, no, this is not right. So within every walk of life, within everything, just like even just look at the simple way of how the universe works. The sun is the sun. The moon is the moon. The rain is what it is. The, the earth is what it is. But together it's what makes life all of those things create us you know what i mean all those elements and all those things work in unison to make everything work and fire's not saying hey yo i'm hot I'll, i could burn you forever and then cold is not saying yo i'm cold i could freeze because they know regardless there's a duality that they need each other so i don't think most humans we're, we're, we're not taught this the same thing like yo having dialogue speaking about things understanding people you gotta agree to disagree sometimes you you know compromise and knowing that i might not agree with john but guess what john's great at what he does and we have a rapport we could work you know what i mean that that's just how life is but i don't think a lot of people are trained like that or taught that you know yeah, and I think it's to their own deficit. And that analogy is such a good analogy. Mm-hmm. I think you can make such a good song out of that, yeah. about the duality <laughs> yeah. of life. Like, yeah. you really could, with those analogies, like, you could do a verse of, like, you being fire and you being ice. Like, you could do, and, and ground. I know, I just had the image of, like, no, no, you the playing each is, of those things. It's funny here, the funniest thing is, because me, I have, I, as you can see, I'm in my own studio now, but me, I make so much music and I have so much unreleased stuff. And I have a song called Voices. And that's literally what it is. It's like, um, anger said to, anger said to love, you know, like, so I'm breaking down all these different sensory feelings, but also talking about it like I am them because, or they are actual beings because a lot of people don't understand love wisdom, you know, even anger, all these things are actual beings. They're not just thought processes. They're actual beings that could, like, you know what I mean, that become beings. You know, I don't know if they're human or not, but they're beings. <laughs> but so, you know, like, I've, I've, I have a song called Voices and I've never, like, I've always been working on it. I've had that song maybe since 2009. I've had that song since and I've never released it. I lost I the song. Yeah, because, um, me, like, like we were saying in the starting, I was lost because as much as I've been through a lot of 
stuff in the streets. Um, I used to read a lot of books. So I had a lot of knowledge and I felt like, yo, I need to do something with all this knowledge. So when I found music to be like my, you know, because I grew up around music and my mom was a music teacher. She taught me how to play the piano. I seen the metronome when I was a kid. Like I seen all these instruments around me. So I always loved music. But when I decided I want to do music, I realized there's this knowledge that I know, I have to put it out there. But because I was lost and going through so much and the distractions of the life I was living was coming in between what I was learning. So, you know, but now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, the music that I'm putting out is more on a, it's always been on a, you know, like trying to make people better minus the swearing and the, you know, the, the profanity, the profanity, the message is what I'm always about. You know, the message is positive. So my goal now is going into the new year is now I'm going to put out that type of music, music where I feel like I wasn't like comfortable to drop before. Now I feel like I'm more comfortable because I feel like I found myself. I found what I'm supposed to be doing. I survived what I survived. I went through what I went through. I learned what I learned just to make it to this point to teach it now. Cause what, what is the point of, you know what I mean? Learning all of this knowledge, going through all of these things and not putting it out there so people could learn from it. And, you know, yeah, so now before I wasn't ready though, I wasn't ready, but it's funny how you're talking about that because I have a song like that where I'm literally speaking like it's a big conversation between love, anger, hate, faith. You know what I mean? All these words that we use and these emotions and things that we feel. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's funny you said that. <laughs> well, I think as much as not, I'm not an artist, I've spoken to lots of people. And so that, mm-hmm. that part of like ideas that seem to spark from the things that you say, I just, I just see sometimes as like, oh, it'd be cool to see you do the very idea we're talking about. Um, I mean, you could do a project of you humanizing elements and emotions yep. and you become, yep. you could do like a literal whole project on mm-hmm. what you would be if you were hate, love, jealousy. Exactly. Uh, if you each were, track, yep. Each track yeah. is probably called something. Each track, one track called love, the other one's called hate. Trust me, I've, I've thought of things like this and I've, I'm not going to lie. Like my music, if, if someone has sit down and listened to my music and I think I've like, 10 albums out but I, I literally have over 35 that i that was out music but enough of the stuff got erased offline because you know i was going through a lot of stuff back then you know but what happened is like i realized that music is a thing where if you're gonna like like the way i release music i might be doing a song now and i might not release it till a year from now because even the music i'm releasing now they're all songs I did like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. But I realized music is all timeless. And the, the way I go about making my music, it's like I think like, okay, what am I going to talk about? What does this beat make me want to talk about? But before I even hear the beat most of the time, my songs are already made. I just got to find the beat now to match the song, <laughs> you know? Is it tough to listen to a song that you originally made two years ago? Because you've changed so much in that space of time as an artist, as a person, as a business person, you're almost listening to someone unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. 
It is. It's it's hard, but it's like, and I don't like to do it. That's why some songs never get released because when I'm at a certain point in life now, I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about that. You know, I don't want to talk about that. Even though it's not as bad as, you know, it's not going to sway anybody in a negative way as much as this other music is. But for me as a person, like you say, I feel like I've grown so much now. No, I want to talk about some different stuff. So even the music I've been releasing, it was just me trying to keep the content going. You know, because the music I'm about to make now, I'm literally trying to create a whole new genre. You know, reality rap or something like that, where, you know, like you have to be talking reality, you know, but reality that's going to help somebody else's reality. You know what I mean? Because music, I like, I'm pretty sure like you, a lot of people, a lot of people listen to music, but not everybody takes away the same, you know, the same type of energy from it. Some people listen to it and it makes them want to go do it. I've never been that person. I've never listened to a rap song and wanted to do anything I've heard them do. <laughs> You know, because some of the things I was already doing as a youngster, you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I don't feel like I need to listen to this just to go do that, you know? Well, it's the same in a movie. I never went to a movie and was like, yeah, I want to become a gangster in the mob and I want to go kill exactly. people. And I want to, like, that's, like, it, it, it feels cool because I think there's a part of it that's you're not supposed to do it. And my natural instinct is when someone's like, don't do that, I'm like, mm, don't tell me what to do and I'm going to exactly, do it anyway. Exactly. But I also know that I have enough sense to be like, that is still good advice. Uh, <laughs> Going out you, you, and killing you know people. You know what to take out of it. You know what to take out of it and be like, yep, that's, that's right, you know. <laughs> Well, people ask me, like, you know, how do you listen to hip-hop? It can be misogynistic, homosexual, uh, you know, it's not not homosexual, but um, what's it called? Homophobic. Homophobic. Um, It can promote, you know, drug culture. It promotes promotes, violence. It promotes promotes it all. Yeah, it promotes everything. So how can you, yeah, and they're like, how can you listen to that and feel like it doesn't influence you in a negative way? And... To me personally, and my way has been, I need to understand more about the genre and I need to know more about the the prowess. I've always been someone who's impressed by language. There's something to me that is beautiful in the way that you can spin words and use language. And there is also a difference between someone who is joking about it in a song and someone who you can tell feels that way. The aggra- like, there are some songs where I'm like, "Oh, you actually don't like women. That's uncomfortable yeah. to listen to." Like, like you know what I mean? Like, there, there's yeah. some songs where I'm like, "Oh, this is more than this." Doesn't feel like you're joking around. This doesn't feel like you're playing with the subject matter. It feels like you you actually feel that way. So, I think there's you do have to give your own lens of like, okay, like you gotta be intelligent enough to be able to decipher what is good what is bad from it and sometimes yep. you just don't listen to lyrics you just listen to the beat because the beat is absolute fire and sometimes the beat is dog shit and then the lyrics are great and i think you just got to take what you can from the music you listen to and be able to decipher good bad and ugly from it no it's true it's, you're not lying man it's like you gotta you can't and the sad part is, like, a person like you or me or 
And as much as I can't lie, as much as that's why I always like, you know, show respect and love to my parents and stuff. Because as much as they weren't perfect at all, but they tried the best they could. And I always like, I feel like I had a good upbringing, you know, because music wise, my, like they had hundreds of records from Tracy Chapman to Kenny Rogers, you know, to Dolly Parton to Bob Marley. You know, so literally, um, I had a love for all types of music. Like I didn't just have a love for, and I never, and to be honest, one second. Yeah. To be honest, I never, um, heard a rap until I came to Canada. Mm. Yeah. So I grew up listening to, you know, from Elton John. Every music, everything from reggae, alternative, country, everything. But I didn't hate listen to rap until I came to Canada. So when I started hearing rap now, and I like Tupac, I heard Tupac first. I remember I heard Tupac and I started listening because of Tupac. I started listening to Biggie. Um, started listening to other artists, but I always remembered and knew how to differentiate like, like you're saying, this person is like a good rap. Like I base a good rapper on the what they're the work, the type of words they're telling. Like Tupac, I used to be like, yo, this guy is good because here he's saying he's mad. He's saying you wonder why they call him bitch, and then the next minute he's like, Brenda's got a baby, and you know, and I'm like, that's music. It's your emotions. It's how you're feeling. But I'm like, I never, um started listening to detrimental music until maybe a little after that. And I noticed the difference right away. I was like, this is different. The energy is different. It's dark. It even made me feel in my mind, like, this is dark. Like, what is this? But like you said, I never really felt like I had to mimic it, though. You know, I felt like it was so dark, I didn't even want to. So even when I started rapping myself, I was like, I wouldn't even, like, I'm the type of person, as a, as like, I consider myself a good rapper, but I couldn't put a rap together and say, like, like, oh, Eminem does certain raps, and he'll say certain raps, and the lyrical content of it is amazing, but he'll say, you know, I kill your mom, that, like, there's certain things I cannot say. Like, I can't say... Yeah, so my soul to the devil, like, you know, which I'm not going to do, but it's a certain thing or certain energies or certain words I can't speak as a rapper. So even listening to music, I realized from an early age, like, there's a difference, you know, even with country, there's songs that where they're talking about when Kenny Rogers is talking about the coward, the coward song and is telling the story about his nephew that died and his father's telling him, you got to, um, don't get in fight. You remember say well, he's like, um, what's his, I don't remember the hook right now, but he's basically telling his son, son, you don't got to fight to be a man. You know, like, remember that song by Kenny Rogers? And so son, I, fight yeah, I've never it. listened to it. Okay, well, there's, he has a song and it's called, um, I think, Coward of the County. And he's, he's speaking of it from a perspective like he's the uncle of uh, of his nephew 
whose father just died, which is his brother, you know, and mm. the last thing his brother told his son, which is his nephew, is that, he, yo, sometimes you just gotta, you know, don't fight, man. Don't, you know, you gotta know about life and do the right thing. And it's so, um, funny because he, by the end of the song, he's showing why he had to end up getting in a fight because his girl got raped. And now he has to fight. <laughs> You know what I mean? For he has to fight for his family, whatever. So music's a thing where it's like I think society right now they're not making music like they used to. They're making music like you're saying to purposely create conflict, purposely make you be a certain way. Or the young children that are growing up, all they're seeing is you know, yeah, you have to kill somebody. You have to go to jail. The girls are like, oh, I have to go on OnlyFans. I have to do this. Like, society is, they're pushing it, like, do it, do it, do it. Because, you know, like, that's what makes you only live once or, you know, da, 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 da. So, you know, I just try to be one of those artists that changes the narrative, man, and change even how I make music and the words I speak, you know? Because it matters. I uh, It feels like we could talk about this forever <laughs> this topic i'm telling you man music is a thing where and reason why it's such a broad topic because music is life as much of people don't understand because it's word power sound it's, it's, it's and what did they say in the bible or in any any book whether the bible the quran any religious book or any ancient person, they'll tell you the first thing was the word, was the sound. You know what I mean? So music is very important. And I always feel like no matter what I do in life, um, I want to make, I feel like I'm going to be just like when Tupac said he's, he might not be the person that changes the world, but he's going to help spark the mind of that person. My, my philosophy is. I'm gonna, I'm one of those people, but I feel like I'm gonna use music or I'm gonna help use music to change the world for the better. Cause I feel like music can save lives for real. If used in the right way, it can save, save the world. Like my favorite track is, um, Michael Jackson and all those like 12 artists. Remember that song on what's it called? Um, um, Not Heal the World. The song that I love, man. My, I always forget the name. Um, <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah, the, it, it's like he, he's on the song with like everybody. Like there's like 20 other artists on the song. What's it called? It's not Heal the World. It's um, yeah, Church It. But yeah, man, you know, my head is a little But yeah, man, no, that song, because I use that as an example because that's a song where um, every, all the artists got together. All of them got together and laid. Yeah, we are the world. Mm. Make it a better place for you. You know, remember that song? I yeah, I remember that, that song. song. Yeah. That song is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I've been hearing that from a kid. And I think why I like it is because it's so there's like 20 different artists with different voices but it's the message you know what i mean it's the message and that song actually i think didn't it prevent a world war or something like that or help kind of cool down certain 
wars between certain countries because music can do that. Music in the right way, you know? Well, this as as I said, this is a rabbit hole we could talk about for literally hours on end. But I think that's a great way to transition to my last question for you. It's yeah, crazy how yeah. quickly time flies. Um, I know, I know. But this is this is probably one of the I've we've talked about some tough topics. But if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, cannot be your own music can be any genre of music what would it be oh, so it can't be my own though no okay because <laughs> we're gonna pro- uh, we're, we're, we're gonna promote you for sure so yeah but um so an album that i could um do you think everyone should appreciate should listen to at least once let's see there's so much of them man um uh, Oh, that's a hard question, man. You asked me a hard question, man. <laughs> I that's did. a hard I know. question. See, isn't it so funny? Out of all the questions and all the things we've been talking about, I ask you a music question. That's the hardest question of the whole podcast. Yeah, it is because my music, um, you know, my, my palette is so big that there's so much I'm thinking of, but what do I say? Because I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to necessarily say the most political correct, but I'm going to say what I feel like. I feel like if everybody listens to this album, you know, it'll change their life. And there's so much, but I think maybe, ah, oh. Honestly, this, <laughs> I love these reactions. <laughs> <laughs> Album, what I suggest for the world right now hmm. doesn't matter the genre, right? Doesn't matter the any genre, genre any like genre. I know that hip hop artists are more complex than only hip hop, so I've opened it up to to anyone. Yeah, no, I don't. I, the funny thing is, my my well, one I would suggest is it wouldn't even be a hip hop album at all. <laughs> um. That's the thing that I'm realizing. Most of the albums that are suggested aren't even hip hop, and I just find it interesting to to hear what it plays an important role in an artist's kind of evolution the and what is stands out to them. my life. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the, the album that changed my life. I don't remember the album, but I rem- I'd have to Google it. But Air Supply, Air Supply, you know Air Supply. Do you know who that is? The, the group no. Air Supply. Um, they're the ones that sing the song um, "Making Love Out of Nothing" at uh. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's in a lot of movies and stuff, but um, yeah, the song, the album with that song on it. Yeah, we'll have to. Or go any of their albums. Yeah, let me Air see Supply. if I can quickly find it. I'll say the, uh, I have two, but I guess I don't have one choice, right? Yeah. It's either <laughs> you that can or, mention uh, the other Bob one. Marley. Yeah, that or Bob Marley's Exodus album. Yeah, that's or yeah, yeah. No, no, the 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 album with Natural Mystic on it. 
whichever album that is. So the air supply we've got the vanishing race, the yeah. earth, the earth is as well is an album. But is it the vanishing race? Yeah, that, is that the one with um making love or do nothing at all is on that right? No, 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 it's not on that actually. No, it's no. not. No, I don't think it's not. It's not on that one. It's on the, oh, the power um, of love. Is that? I think it's just yeah, air, yeah. air supply. They've got an album that's just called Air Supply. There's a song. Yeah, I think uh, maybe that's it then. And there's a song called Making Love or Do Nothing at All, right? Uh, there's Make It Right, Never Fade Away. Do you know what this is telling me? This is telling me we can give the uh, the audience a project. They can let us know which one we're referring to. Otherwise, it's just going to be you and I Googling for the next 20 minutes. I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, so you know what? Yeah, man, just whichever Air Supply album, because they're, I think they're amazing when it comes to music. Like, I always love their voice. That's one of the first um, albums that I listened to when I listened to it in the tape form because it was my mom's tape. And as a kid, when she was away, I would sneak into her music stuff and start listening to music and stuff. And that was the first album I ever listened to. And up to this day, I can listen to any song from those guys or Bob Marley, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. And can't wrap up the show without obviously giving credit to my man, Billy Burns. Obviously yes. appreciate you coming through everybody. Please make sure you check out his most recent, recent yeah, project. And thank you. I want yeah, man. And before you go and start to cut you brother, Sorry. I just want to say thank you for, thank you for having me, you know, shout out everybody in Australia. You know what I mean? Like, I can't lie. You're the first person I, I spoke to from Australia <laughs> and I just got my pardon and my passport and everything's good. So when I start traveling, if I ever get to Australia, I got to come check you, man. I got to come show sure. you some Toronto swag. <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. Well, yeah, I man, actually want to move to the States. Man. And yeah, I want to move to the States. So, oh, uh, yeah, where, are you, where in the States are you trying to move to? Uh, I, I don't know. I get this gut feeling I should go to Austin, Texas. There's just this feeling. I've never been, but I get this feeling. You know what I mean? Like, you know, okay, there's no okay. reason why. Yeah, I never, other never than, been there. I never been there, but I want to go there. Yeah. It's warm weather there, from what I, I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nice <laughs> out there too. Yeah, it's nice yeah. out there. Well, okay, okay. as I said, absolute pleasure having you on the show. Make sure you check out his music. Legends Don't Burn is his most recent project. Check yeah. him out on IG, on Spotify, yeah. YouTube videos. you got some great music Everywhere. videos as well. Um, so Thank anywhere you, you can I find him. Yeah, I do my own editing and everything. So, you know. Yeah, it looks great, man. And as I said, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Brother. We literally spoke about everything under man. the sun. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You know, I know, I know. Thank you very much, man. I know I probably went off a little bit sometime, but hey, that's what good conversation does, right? Well, as I said to you off air, that's why I don't plan the show because that's how we find the good shit to talk about. Otherwise, it would yeah, just exactly. be the same no, generic yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this one, I, I like this one too. This is one of the most like open interviews I've had in a minute. And the funny thing is I'm supposed to do an interview too with Toronto soon, like with a big Toronto um podcast to a hip hop podcast. But I like I, I was more nervous for that compared to like 
now, you know, like to be honest, I kind of, at first I was a little nervous for maybe the first minute or two, you know, but then, you know, the, 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 the welcomingness of, of you, like, you know, I, I, yeah, it was, it was a good open interview. I felt like I could, uh, open up and talk about some stuff that I don't really get to talk about on other podcasts or other interviews, you know, so it was pretty good. I liked it. Well, as I said, that's the whole point. And as I said to you, I'm interested in who you are as an individual and, and what you yep. think about and what you believe. And so we can talk about the same shit that everybody else does. But then again, yep, but it won't make no sense, man. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. And yeah, man, as I said, really appreciate it. Appreciate you being open. Um, and we'll definitely have to do this again for sure. Yeah, man, big up to the hip hop podcast. You don't know. You can't wait to hear the full thing. <laughs> All right, right. brother. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, man. Shout out everybody out there. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.